So what a crazy year we had. Yeah, I can't believe it's already uh, not 2017. I know. It's uh, not 2017. And what a whirlwind year it was. Yeah, I can't even remember what happens. It felt like it was two years ago, last January. Yeah. It was only a year ago. Yeah, it feels like we've... uh, There were a lot of external factors going on in the country and everywhere else that made 2017 seem like a very long year. Yeah, well, an election year will do that too. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a a new day and new stuff going on. And uh, not only for the country, but I think personally we had a lot of new stuff that went down. Yes. Yes, you got a new house. Yep. And that was quite a lot of work. I'm sure. And, you know, you got your new job. Mm -hmm. And so I think those two factors mean that we didn't quite do as many detects as we wanted to last year, but I want to do a little bit more this year. New Year's resolution. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, if you think about it, we've only been doing this for, you know, around six or seven months. So that's very true. I think that getting to our 10th episode, that's a, that's a milestone that I'm happy about. And, um, I think that a lot of interesting things happened in 2017, and I think a lot of the tech that I used changed a lot, mm-hmm. and I think that's true for both of us. And Similar ways, too. Yeah, so I, I think what we should talk about today is, you know, starting from the beginning of last year, some of the things that we got that changed our workflows and our lives, and... um changed how we interact with technology mm-hmm. and i think really for me the the changes started around march with the release of the switch yeah yeah that was the first big uh device i guess that came out yeah that year. yeah and it seems like it was so long ago since we got them that i it's hard to think of a time it, when we weren't it using feels like switches. they just came out yeah but yeah that's not true yeah i think it it really changed my gaming life mm-hmm in a lot of ways. I think last year I probably played more games than I've ever played in my whole life. Like just from a pure time perspective. Yeah. And I think the reason that is is because because the Switch has such a a versatile way to play it. Um I think you know when I'm at home with my girlfriend it it it's more easy for me to play video games because she can watch a show mm-hmm. and if I'm not necessarily into that show as much or I'm just being super ADD, then I can play a game um, while somebody else is doing something else. Yeah. And for me, using the switch on the road when I'm not at home, you know, flying or traveling or whatever, um, that's really nice because otherwise I would be doing something on my phone or just watching TV in the hotel room or something like that. So having a full gaming system with you wherever you are is. Yeah. And I think from our, our our very first discussions about the switch, we were excited about the opportunities that it would bring for gaming. Yeah. And I I think that it really lived up to the potential. Um, I think breath of the wild was probably, it may be the most genius game I've ever played in my life. It's I think it's going to win Game of the Year over Mario. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of outlets. I know Polygon gave it its Game of the Year, and I think it was they did 
Player Unknown Battleground is their second game. I haven't gotten to play that, but it looks really interesting. I've heard a lot of things about it. Yeah, but I, I don't really have a way to play it. I don't have a gaming PC or an Xbox, so maybe you'll have to take a look at that one. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Mario was a fantastic game. And I, I kind of played through it quickly, and then I haven't really gone back to it uh, to collect all the moons. But I do want to do that. What did you get after the Switch that this past year? Yeah, so I... I'm I'm trying to remember the timeline. I don't know if I got the AirPods before or after the Switch, but while the AirPods came out in 2016, they, they were so hard to get in the yeah. in the beginning that I think it was a few months before I actually got them in 20 um in 2017. Mm-hmm. But I think it completely changed the inner the way that I interacted with audio Right. As well as just having conference calls for work. I do a lot of conference calls and being able to just take those from my phone and have a much better uh, experience with phone calls. Yeah. It sounds silly, but they're really great for that. And also you can use them one at a time. I did that today. Yeah. Uh, My sister called me and I just popped one in. Yeah. And also like, you know, if you're around the house and you're washing dishes or making dinner or whatever, you can just put one in. And if you're with another person, you're still able to interact and hear the world around you. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the audio that I listen to is spoken word. So I don't really need to be immersed in it. And it's, it provides, it helps me be more present while still listening to what I want to listen to. Right. Yeah. I use them a lot. I use, I, it makes me listen to music more on my phone than I did before, I guess, because it's just so satisfying to use the magnetic AirPods, you know, the, yeah. I'm flipping the, the sound that it makes yeah and that's that's extremely addictive um i i i got a pair of those for whitney my girlfriend for christmas and i think that she really likes them as well um i i think she hasn't had them long enough to uh really integrate it into her life completely but i think that she's going to really like him a lot yeah my i convince one of my friends to get them and i see i see people wearing them more often now yeah i feel like i see them everywhere yeah which is cool yeah i think that their uh domination in the wireless headphone space is just going to continue uh and, and i think that's because they're in a very nice contained package that has that satisfying click and their deep integration with the apple ecosystem i think that combined with the huge sales of iPhones last year, and then of course the iPhone 10 really are only going to further fuel their growth. Mm-hmm. So after I think I got my AirPods before I got my Switch. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure because I I was curious if it had Bluetooth. Yeah, on them. Actually, you know what? That's that's incorrect. I did get my Switch. I remember now. I got my Switch before, and I was disappointed. Because I was going to get the AirPods pretty soon after that. Mm-hmm. But it didn't have Bluetooth. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I guess probably the biggest tech thing that came out. I, I'm I'm hesitant to say that it's the iPhone 10 because the Switch was so, was so great. And it was just like mm-hmm. a gadget in a true gadget sense of yeah. the word. Yeah, I agree. It, it really pushed the boundaries of what a thing of its type can do, you know. 
because mm-hmm. we have all these great like the xbox and the playstation and then previous nintendo uh, devices you know they you thought of a video game system as something you do in one location you never really thought about bringing the full experience anywhere else well exactly i think it was something you went to and i don't know that that's true i think that we did we did want to bring it with us you know i think that the switch was a realization of that dream that's like hey i've got all these great games on my tv but I want to take them with me. And I think that goes exactly. back to to the Super Nintendo and 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 the Game Boy era and the DS era and and all of that. Yeah. Because before with with Game Boys and you know, I guess the uh, PS Vita tried to do what the Switch did a little bit. Yeah, it was so close, but or the still. PSP or yeah, yeah. whichever one. Yeah, I'm not sure of the order of those coming out but but that was like the first kind of attempt to have a full more full experience than the game boy like it's it's felt like it was two different versions of a gaming experience and now with the switch it kind of combines both of them yeah and, and the other thing that's really interesting about the switch is i i'm not sure that the switch is probably not more graphically powerful than an iphone but the the thing that makes the switch so amazing is not only do you have the mobile form factor, but you have controls that actually work. And I feel like more important than any other single component of a game, it's probably the controls. Because when you're manipulating a character, the more fluid the interaction and the easier it is to manipulate your your character, I think it's more immersive. Mm-hmm. And it just it gives it that that this is a real video game feel. Yeah. Well, while we're on the topic of the Switch, what game have you been playing lately? Ah, yeah. So I got Doom for Christmas. It's Doom 2016. It was ported. Well, Bethesda ported it to the Switch. I think they did it in combination with a game studio called Panic Button. Mm-hmm. And um, our our friend Alex let me borrow Doom for PS4. And... The graphics are way better, and you can kind of tell. Well, you can really tell with the, uh, like the smoke animations and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, the textures of the weapons and the armor and things and the demons. It it looks a lot better on the PlayStation Four, but you know what? I don't really care about that. What I care about is is having it on my Switch. I want all games to be on the switch. And yeah, I think that they did an amazing job because they didn't lose any of the speed. The game is super fast. Like when you're switching weapons and you're in the middle of a fight, everything is super fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't lose any of that in the port. They just lost some resolution. So everything seems to be a bit blurrier. If that makes sense. Gotcha. Everything's just sharper on the PlayStation. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the, the Switch does that with a lot of games. They sacrifice some quality so you can actually play it on the go. I mean, sometimes there's a difference in the docked version versus the handheld version in some games. Yeah, I think that my favorite graphics on the Switch were probably Mario Odyssey, honestly. I, yeah. I, I don't know what you thought about that, but I thought that the, the like the, the beach planet, like the water graphics, mm-hmm. it was... It's just an extremely beautiful game. Yeah, I and agree. In my mind, that is probably the 
the number two game of the year because it was such a it was such a great experience. Um, and there, I still feel like there's so much more that I haven't done. I just when the the DLC came out for Zelda, the Champions Belt, I really had to take a break and play through that, and mm-hmm. I got through that, and it was awesome. And now I'm playing Doom, and once I wrap up Doom, then I want to go back and spend some more time yeah. finding the rest of those moons. Yeah, I still need to play my way through that and a, a bunch of games because <laughs> I have more games on my Xbox that I've gotten recently too. But uh, it's hard to fit it all in. Yeah. So we have AirPods, we have the Switch, and what else came after that? Yeah, I mean, I think at that point we have to talk about the iPhone. So, you know, the iPhone 8 and uh, 8 Plus came out, and I don't think either of us were very jazzed about those devices. Mm. I, I was totally done with the forehead and chin and <laughs> ready to move on to a, a more screen-filled device. And so I got that, and then you got it. And so what have you been thinking about it? I, I like it a lot more than I thought I was going to like it. I wish it was just a tiny bit wider, the screen. Like the um, the phone itself could be just a tiny bit wider because I think you need more width to get more things done than height on your screen. Well, yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like it's tall. It's taller, so so you see more content. But uh, Nick and I both came from Plus model phones. I had a seven Plus, and you had a six S Plus, and those devices are slightly wider. I think they make them a little bit narrower because with your hand being closer together, you're able to reach more of the top of the screen. So I think it's an okay trade-off, but I totally, I totally get what you're saying. And the keyboard, the keyboard seems a little bit more finicky on a narrower screen when you're using it one-handed. Yeah. As opposed to the wider, I think you're just more able to naturally extend your thumb when you're typing. Mm Mm-hmm. But I've been trying to use dictation a little bit more, you know? Really? Yeah. Yeah, especially with the AirPods. They've got pretty good microphones, and they pick it up pretty That's well. That's a good point. Yeah, I never really thought about using them like that. Yeah. Because they connect so easily, and it's just like you just pop them in, you can just say it. Yeah, so beyond the width, how do you feel about the screen in terms of uh, color accuracy and, and resolution and overall screen quality? I mean, everything looks pretty crisp. I haven't really uh, noticed like a difference that much. Like, I, I'm not really paying attention to it that much, I guess. Yeah, and see, I think that's what's amazing about what Apple did. You know, they switched screen technology from from a standard LCD to OLED. And if you look at an OLED Android phone, like if you're looking at a Galaxy S8, the it the colors, I, I to me. They're really oversaturated and they pop a lot, but it's almost like when you're going to buy a TV and a Best Buy, they turn all the brightnesses up mm-hmm. so that everything pops so that you want to buy this TV, right? But that's not really what I'm looking for out of a display. I- I'm looking for color accuracy. And I think that the fact they're able to put an HDR display with the P3 color gamut and make it OLED and still, when you look at your icons, it's it's not the OLED version of iOS. You're just looking at what iOS looked like mm-hmm. on um, all previous iPhones. And now when I go back and I look at at like an eight or eight plus or or any of those devices, I can see how the blacks aren't black, and it it, it 
is kind of honestly distracting. And that sounds crazy, but I notice it, especially off angle. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have any complaints about the screen. It's great. Uh, I love watching video on this a lot. Yeah, does the notch bug you at all? No, it, it no, it's fine. I mean, you can watch it in, without the notch, you know, and it just looks like a normal iPhone that has the the forehead and chin, as you uh, named it. Yes. And I mean, you can just it doesn't really it doesn't really bother me. I I prefer it to be you know fill the screen just because it I think it makes it look cooler. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't really bother me, and I kind of don't mind the notch there because it reminds me that holy crap, this screen goes is so large that they had to figure <laughs> out how to make this work. Yeah, you think they'll get rid of the notch in the future? They'll just have it under the screen somehow. I, you know, I think they will. I think they will. I think that they can, they can do that with OLED because you can look up through OLED with with the light off. Mm-hmm. So you could probably still do the face scanning. Uh, if they, they couldn't really do that through an LCD for sure, because, uh, the entire LCD is backlit. Right. But if you blacked out those, those pixels, when you were doing a facial scan or something, I think, I think they can figure it out. I think they're a few years away from that, but yeah, I think it's possible. Yeah. Have you been taking any cool pictures or videos with it? Um, not as much because I have my, um, yeah. my point and shoot. Um, so not as much, but. I mean, I honestly haven't, the the front camera looks a lot better and that's where you see a lot of the difference, I think. Mm-hmm. And portrait mode is great. Yeah. But regular photos and, and videos look, I mean, I can't really tell a difference between that and my last one. To yeah. To be honest. Well, I, I can definitely notice some improvements in the quality of the photos. And I think it's because of the, having the OIS on both lenses. I think that definitely improved the Mm -hmm. portrait mode but i think the biggest single area of improvement on the iphone 10 versus every other model is the fact that it does uh 4k at 60 frames per second Mm -hmm. and the video that it takes is just it's like super incredible yeah yeah so if you're listening to this and you don't have uh, an iphone 10 if you're planning on buying one and you want to take a lot of um, high quality video. I would definitely spring for the 256 model because you're going to definitely fill it up. Mm-hmm. And and one thing I've noticed is my computer kind of has a hard time playing those files. And I have a fairly recent Mac MacBook Pro, and it it has a little bit of trouble mm-hmm. with the 4K at 60 frames per second. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean the this processor is crazy that's in this phone, so. It's the same processor that's processor that's in the other two eights, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's got the same image signal processor as those two devices. So, I mean, the iPhone 10 is crazy fast. If your if your computer can even, and it's recording it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the white one. I got the the black one. Or yeah, gray, space gray or whatever. I really, I wanted, I almost got the white one, but they didn't have it in stock. So I was like, eh, I don't care that much. I yeah. just wanted it. Yeah, I think that the black one's cool too. I haven't really got a chance to to see it that much, but I don't think that Apple actually knows. Is that called space gray or is it called black? It's not black. It's space gray. So Apple has like six space grays. Yeah. 
It's not. All I don't the think same. they know what that color is. It's not a real color. It's just whatever their like dark grayish black device yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if you look at a, if you look at a MacBook or an iPad or an iPhone or even the Apple Watch, the mm-hmm. space gray is all over the place in, in yeah. what color it is. And well, it, it might have to do with different uh, materials too. Yeah. Well, I don't know that that is probably the case with with the iPhone. But even even on the aluminum products, like the aluminum on the watch versus the aluminum. Oh right. Yeah. On the uh, on the iPads versus the Macs, and and also the iMac Pro, it's it's all over the place. Man, I, I wish I didn't have to put a case on it though. That, it, I love the way it feels and looks without the case. Yeah, so we didn't really talk about what uh, Switch games you really got into this year. What were you playing, and and what really stood out to you? Um, let's see, I got it right here. I haven't been playing Zelda. I got La Noir when it came out. Oh yeah, how's that? It's great. It runs really well on the on the Switch, and you, it's touchscreen too. You yeah. can move the camera around. You can like flip through your notebook or whatever. Where, when you're going through clues. See, I love that. What that tells me is that not only are third parties porting their apps, but they're actually adapting it for the platform. And I think that that's so crucial. Yeah, I got that. And I've been playing Mario a lot. <clears throat> and then I got Rocket League when it came out because it was actually on sale. Yeah, well. I saw that. I almost picked it up, but I really need a really need a memory card. I'm, I'm kind of running out of internal space. Yes, yes you got to. I got mine. I can't remember how much it was. It was like 40, 50 bucks. Is that 128? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I still have plenty of room. But like LA Noir was a lot. It was like 17 or 20 gigabytes or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Have you been downloading a lot of games? Yes. Yeah. See, I have bought all cartridges except for Shovel Knight. So. I've I've been buying all all the cartridges because Nintendo really needs to work on their like re-downloading and backups and stuff because I think that if you lose your Switch, that game's tied to that console. Yes. Just But I don't plan on losing my Switch. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I heard the other day about a, a subreddit where people are helping each other find their switches. Yeah, I, I read something. A, a specific story about that on on there. Yeah, I think that was on the verge. I'll I'll try to put it in the show notes, but it's just some very heartwarming stories of people reconnecting people with their with their switches that they've left in taxis and airplanes yeah. and such. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't imagine not knowing exactly where it was. You know. Yeah. And so important to my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, tell me about the Zoom H6. That's that's a new piece of uh, audio recording hardware you got in your life, huh? Well, I've actually had this for a few years, but um, you really started using it last year. Um, yeah, I used it a lot at if I'm filming a wedding or something. I used the, this a lot, but um, you can use it. It's really a really simple device. You can port up to four mics. And it also has a um, has two microphone heads, uh-huh. which are s- separate from the microphone inputs. So it's just kind of those are just like omnidirectional. 
Yeah, there's an omnidirectional, and then there's actually no, this is mid side. And okay. The, and the, the other one is. Um, so the mid side is like if you were stereo. sat in the middle of two people and you're having a conversation, or well, it's just the the microphone array. It's still stereo, but it's just it's a it's a different like instead of this one's just pointing left and right. This one has like a microphone pointing like up kind of in one and then it has other microphones in it. But um so you can record just with those mics or you can put in an exterior mic. But it also has phantom power, has pads for each um for each input and you can put a compressor or whatever and it records <clears throat> into wave, so it's really good quality. Onto yeah. an SD card. Yeah, that's that's cool. I really want to do some remote recording with you, and I'm, I'm hoping that that this piece of equipment will enable us to record a little bit in uh, some situations where you're not at home and I'm mm-hmm. I'm remote. Coming up in 2018. Yeah. yeah, it'll be it'll be cool to see because I haven't done anything like that before with it doing uh, podcast stuff, but it should work fine. It should work great. You don't have to have a computer with you, you know? You can just monitor on the little screen it has right here. Yeah, that's awesome. So. Well, so I think we've looked back at, at 2017. There was there was a lot of interesting news stories that went down that we won't really go into that much here. But I think it was pretty interesting that Apple had that big HomePod firmware leak and then didn't ship the HomePod, which... I thought was a little, little strange. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still not sure if I'm going to get one. It yeah. just seems way too expensive. Yeah, yeah. That actually, that actually brings up. I recently got a Google Home, and being able to tell that thing to turn the Christmas tree on and off, and ask it what the weather's been like. I think I'm. I don't really care about the audio quality of those standalone speakers as much. I think I care more about the intelligence. Can you can you connect it to another speaker? Um, I think that if you have like YouTube Red or whatever their audio streaming services, then I think that that you can play it in multiple rooms at the same time. Well, I mean, can you just use an external speaker instead of using the speaker on the actual pod itself? I think that you can do that with the Google Dot. I don't know. Excuse me. The not the Google Dot. The Echo Dot. Okay. But I don't know that the Google Home Mini has a um has a an output. Yeah, I don't know if can you I know you said you uploaded your iTunes Apple Music to to Google, right? Yeah. So you can play all your music through that. Yeah. But with the Echo, I don't know if you can do that with Amazon. So they have like a little subscription thing that's like three or four dollars a month. And with that, you can um, stream just music to just those devices. So it's like you're not paying for a whole extra streaming service, but you're still definitely paying Hmm. for it. Interesting. So this year, I really do want to do more with home automation around my house. I I, I think I want to get a new thermostat, probably either a Nest or an Ecobee 4. Yeah. And I'm my big push is making sure that everything has access to all three of the major um, assistant services. So, like, I want it to be HomeKit compatible. 
and I want it to be Google Assistant compatible and compatible with Alexa because I think nobody is doing everything, right? So you can't go and be like, I want a smart home system and have all Apple stuff. It's just too difficult. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go for open devices that all interconnect and can be controlled with one application like Wink or something like that. Mm -hmm. I've been... I've been using Wink for the lights around my house for a long time. And um, I'm definitely going with open standards because it's hard. You just need to mash things up and it gives you more options. Right. Yeah. For me, one thing that I want to work on is photo organization more because I have, you know, 6,000 photos on my phone that I, I don't know even what's in my photo album anymore. Yeah. Because I just haven't deleted them. I haven't looked through them. And there's a bunch I'm sure that I could delete. And are I you love using, are you using iCloud photo library or? Yeah. Yeah. So it might be easier just to do it on my computer, but it's, I just don't want to, I don't want to start. I feel like that would take forever, you know? Yeah. I, when I did it, I did it on an iPad and it was pretty fast. Like yeah. I, I, I trimmed, I trimmed down my library significantly. Did and you put them in? Uh, albums and and you, and you favor them too no i basically look for duplicates and just uh crappy photos and just got them out of there because it was just taking up so much space and i was trying to get my backup situation in order when i did it and i wanted to like shrink it down so mm-hmm. that i could then upload everything on my in my life to to backblaze and oh yeah that's what you use yeah yeah um are you are you planning on incorporating Lightroom into that at all? Or that's a good point. I do use Lightroom a lot, so probably yeah. And that's a really I really like Lightroom because of how easy it is to like find. Like just if I put it on my computer in and I just put it in in Lightroom, I can edit on my my phone, and that's usually what I do because I can I don't have to set up my my computer and do it. Yeah, and I think your photo situation is definitely more complex with mine for. For me, my only camera is my iPhone. But for you, you've got so many different cameras yeah. that managing your library, I think you you need another level of organization too that's like personal stuff and then it's like work, you know? Well, I don't use photography. Well, I have, I don't do use for photography for work, but I do like to take photos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that photo management is... <laughs> It's an ongoing battle. Like you're never done, right? Because you're always taking more pictures. Yeah. Um, so I think it's good to like establish a baseline and then keep going. Uh, I would like to take some of my photos and turn them from electrons into like physical objects. I'd like to get some more things printed and put in, in, in your own physical. Huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, with, with, with 10 or 15 key photos, maybe. Does Apple have a printer and I, I print? Uh, no, but you know, there are services out there that, <laughs> that you can get them, uh, mounted and, yeah. and printed and that kind of stuff. True. Yeah. There's local places too that you can go. You yeah. want lar- larger prints and stuff. Yeah. So you've been away from your office so much more. Uh, are you, do you think that maybe you should move away from the iMac platform? I've been thinking about that. I, I was looking at getting one of the new, macbooks when they came out but not really in, wasn't didn't draw me in um because i'm so used to having my ports you know 
I mean, not to say that USB-C <laughs> is no good, but it's just easier to just to plug. There's so many things I just use the basic, just use even USB three like cables. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I that laptop, that laptop and the dongles that it requires, man. It's uh, yeah, it's it's weird. So I'm waiting for for a new MacBook Pro. Yeah. Well, when we'll see if it's you know any better or not. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I think that they really slimmed down the port options and they probably ramped up their production to make these computers, but and I think it I think that they got a lot of feedback. It was like, hey, we would like a couple more ports. So Yeah. I don't know if it'll be twenty eighteen, but I think that they will probably bring a few ports back on their pro line of computers. I'm not for sure, and I don't want to say that that's like for sure going to happen, but I feel like people like an SD card reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause especially pros on your pro line of computers. Yeah. It makes it way easier yeah. than to have to, where's my adapter? You know, like I, I lose stuff all the time. Yeah. And then if, if you're on a mobile computer, then you're on the road and you're like, okay, well, where's the nearest Apple store or Best Buy? Or am I you're buying right. this at an, in an airport kiosk? <laughs> like, how am I going to, do they even have something that's with a com- compatible with my computer? It's it's just yeah. I think it it makes it harder. Yeah, some things make sense, like not having a disk drive in there. Yeah, like getting rid of that. That makes sense, but I think it's a little soon to not have certain ports that people use every day. Yeah. So I'm also looking forward to. Uh, Bloomberg had a rumor about uh, Apple kind of unifying their developments in environments across iOS and the Mac. Um, I'm pretty sure what we'll see is like, Hey, here's some new frameworks and you can develop, uh, you can move some of your stuff probably on iOS back to the Mac, right? Because there's, there's probably way more iOS developers out there. Yeah. And I think that it, just makes sense to leverage all those people and then also have more active development on on the Mac. And I think if you if you leverage those iOS developers, I think that'd be a good thing. Yeah. And you know, for years there's been talk about Apple unifying iOS and Mac OS and maybe what will happen is they'll just say, "Hey, well this is like this and it's more similar and it's it's like slowly mm-hmm. Microsoft know, tried doing that before when but you know windows phone wasn't very popular. yeah but they didn't have the mobile developers so they're not leveraging that so it was like hey you don't have any existing code mm-hmm. we want you to make these whole new like they called the metro apps right the like the metro tile interface of mm-hmm. uh what whatever their mm-hmm. windows 8 platform was or well, they're also doing app. that with xbox and pc yeah development. yeah so like you make an xbox game it could be easily ported to pc yeah, and I'm not too familiar with the with the development for Xbox, but I, I'm pretty sure it's x86 too. So the cross compiling between an Xbox and a Windows PC, mm-hmm. an Xbox is really just a small gaming right. PC, you know. So yeah. I think that that's probably a good plan, mm-hmm. and I think that Apple should do the same. But uh, you know, like so on iOS, they've got like the pointing device of being like the apple pencil right and then on os 10 you've got a cursor and i think that 
you know, there was no stylus support in iOS, and then you can add in like maybe pencil support to uh, to Mac OS, and then a cursor in iOS. And I think pretty soon you're just organically getting to the point where, well, they're so close together anyway. Right. More extensions of each other than separate yeah. devices. Yeah. So I think they'll tell their developers not like, hey, you got to do everything and then move to this new platform. It'll just be like, hey, oh, wait, we're here. It'll just, mm-hmm. it'll just organically happen. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. So I'm also looking forward to uh, more OLED in my life. Like after having the OLED 10, uh, excuse me, the, the, uh, <laughs> the iPhone 10, uh, I, I want, I want maybe an OLED iPad. I don't know if that'll come out this year, but I would also like OLED TVs to come down. And I just want mm-hmm. those inky blacks everywhere in my life. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, to really appreciate it until you use it all the time. Yeah. 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 After looking at the iPhone 10, when you look at every other display, there's, it's a little bit grayer, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think. On top of getting a new camera this year, I want to get new headphones, even though I use my AirPods for a lot of things. I still use my over-the-ear um, headphones a lot. My, I have these Sennheiser 280s. Um, they sound great, but they're coming apart, so I kind of need something else. So maybe yeah. next episode, I have might have picked out some new headphones. Yeah, do you have any specific models you're looking at yet, or you just know that you need new headphones? I need new headphones. So I'm going to, like I did with my camera, I'm going to find the ones that I like, like the, uh, that are really expensive uh-huh. and then kind of work my way down. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can check out the wire cutter. I bet they've got some good wire headphone okay. recommendations. I'll check that out. And then are you thinking about upgrading any of the camera gear? No, I haven't. Um, I haven't been doing much with it actually since I've been working for the Predators. Yeah. Because I, you know, I use all the stuff that we have there for work. So yeah, in the summertime, in the off season, I'll be able to do a lot more freelance stuff. So at that point, I might. Well, I think this is going to be a big year. Kind of excited to see, you know, with Tesla releasing the Model 3 and those actually getting into people's hands. I want to see electric cars get cheaper. And yes, I, I think that's I think that's a that's a 10 year. Mm hmm project but i think we're going to see more of that this year across the board and i i i really want to have more sustainable technology in my life and things that last longer and i'm honestly thinking that the iphone 10 is so good i i may use it for more than one year what i i don't know if that i don't know if that will happen but i was i think it's a really good device and it's what i've been wanting for a long time and i would also like to but when the next one comes out, you can just trade it in. Yeah, true. So, yeah, it's a virtual. And you know you will. Yeah.